Welcome to Bliss Beyond Fear. Your hosts, Des, a transformational life coach, and Gina Marie, a personal development mentor, are here to help you have confidence, embrace your worth, and find your joy. Des and Gina Marie are fierce friends and lifestyle entrepreneurs that will encourage you to have faith, elevate your mindset, and take action so you can achieve the results you desire. They believe that an abundant life is sustained by overcoming your fears through creating a circle that elevates you and rises with you. Your blissful journey begins now. Well, welcome to Bliss Beyond Fear podcast. Desiree and I are just so excited to have you here listen to this amazing guest that we have. Yes, this is, I I will say this in full confidence that what we're going to talk about today is something that you will highly likely replay and I will as well. Yes. <laughs> so you're in for a treat. That's for sure. So and I'll Jean be taking Marie, notes. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I'm like, I got a clipboard. I got a pen. I'm, I got a water bottle so I can stay hydrated and, and stay present. But um, we're going to we're gonna dive into some good stuff. So we don't want to keep all of you waiting. Jean-Marie, why don't you start with the introduction of our guest? I would be happy to. Theo is an executive coach, rapid transformational hypnotherapist, speaker, depression and social anxiety specialist, and relationship expert. He was personally trained and mentored by the world's number one hypnotherapist, Marissa Peer, in the internationally acclaimed, award-winning, standalone, hybrid method, rapid transformational therapy, or RTT. He has also coached sales leaders across the nation who represented companies like Verizon Wireless, Spectrum Health, and PricewaterhouseCooper, PwC. Theo is also writing his first book on mastering relationships of all types called Exposed and Powerful, Become the Master in Relationships. From his vast experience as an executive life coach and transformational therapist. Theo founded his coaching company five years ago that provides customized programs to help women break through subconscious patterns and leave the matrix of overwhelming emotions, limiting beliefs, feelings of being undervalued, misunderstood, isolated, and obsessed with perfection. He facilitates a proven process to help his clients successfully to attract their life partner and transition to reclaim their unique voice and power so they can step into the new light of their authentic passions and become abundant vessels for change in the world as heart-centered leaders. He's known as an expert in leveraging the subconscious mind and educating people in mastery of relationships, human nature, societal conditioning, influence, sales, persuasion, and charisma. And charisma he has abundantly. <laughs> no doubt. No hey, doubt. Theo, welcome aboard. Oh, Thank you so much, ladies. So excited. You're the best. Crazy excited right now. I guess we'll start with the question. What was your path to becoming a relationship expert? Well, so 
when it comes to that, I just wanted to first start out that I feel like everybody goes through this kind of revealing moment in their life. That could mean they hit this rock bottom moment. And that actually is what happened to me, particularly. Um, So, you know, when I was younger, I kind of grew up in this uh, musical background and I was playing music my whole life, thought that was exactly what I was going to be. Grew up listening to like, you know, James Taylor and Stevie Wonder and Earth, Wind & Fire, right? So obviously my parents had pretty good taste, as you can tell. Uh, But so I went through this whole curriculum of music. Um, Also, I might add that my mother was a social worker. So she did have a lot of experience in psychology. Um, The thing is, is that I hit this moment where I had reached a really good amount of success. And this moment was the defining moment for me in music because I started to feel this kind of that tug that you get when something just doesn't feel right, like on an intuitive level. And it just didn't feel right. And I kept trying to grind it away, trying to be more successful, more successful. And it's, it almost seemed as though the harder I tr- worked and the busier I made myself, right, the more depressed I got. And then that turned into anxiety. That turned into, you know, addictions to, you know, hard drugs, not like, you know, heroin or anything crazy like that. But, you know, we're talking like pretty hard drugs like cocaine. Uh, I was a smoker as well. And, you know, this is kind of the confusion that I got kind of pulled into. And for me personally, you know, this is a big reason why I do what I do, uh, because it took me such a long time to overcome the burnout of, you know, adrenal fatigue, of depression. And I got some incremental improvements, but it wasn't until I really started taking my studies of psychology, which I'd actually initiated in college. So I was kind of living this double life where I was studying psychology and business and doing music was my passion. And so once I got healed from this rapid transformational therapy that I use, and I also combine it with other effective modalities, right? Like that was such an eye-opening experience because I realized that all of my financial blocks, all of my personal relationship blocks, even my physical health was the cause of these kinds of unprocessed, misinterpreted moments in my younger formative years. And right, and this is when I started to get more certified in psychology, started to study the DSM, studied under Marissa Peer and, and people like that, where I started to understand that, you know, every single physical or mental problem that I was suffering with, and the same things that I help my clients with um, today, or even the corporations I work with with their empower employee empowerment, this is the same things that have everything to do with this fact that, you know, in childhood, we have this deep state of theta that we're constantly in because we have no, you know, we have no conscious judgment on is this right? Is this wrong? And so obviously it's so powerful to see this because everyone can kind of tell that we we really learn the biggest lessons in hindsight. At least that's my belief, right? And so through that, I studied more psychology. I was fascinated by psychology and I became a depression anxiety specialist because I was so just inspired to help people to save so much time on figuring this stuff out on their own or 
much like myself, getting misdiagnosed, going through all of these various like antibiotics, medications to try to solve the problem at the symptom level, right? And I, I didn't realize that it wasn't the depression or the anxiety or the lack of self-esteem that was the problem. That was actually the symptom of a much deeper cause, right? That we find in the subconscious. This is the core of what I do with my clients. And what is oft, often, you know, it's in the past, it has been kind of pushed under the carpet, right? It has kind of been viewed as woo-woo or spiritual or like, no, that's against religion or whatever like that. Uh, but the truth is that this is what fr- this is what set me free. And this is what sets my clients free in regards to what is possible for their lives. And so the moment I recovered, I started to see the truth about what life is about, is that it's not about me. It's not about the success that I achieve, right? That's just the cherry on the top. What's important to me is how can I show people that they have everything inside of them to heal themselves? They have everything inside of them to find their purpose. They have everything inside of themselves to cultivate this deep connection to themselves. They sometimes they just need guidance, right? Sometimes they just need guidance. And the key is to get the person's connection to themselves up. Okay, because what most people do, I'm using my hands, so I'm going to describe this to you on the podcast. <laughs> so, you know, people, we, we get this kind of hypnosis from the media, society, advertising, marketing, like there's this huge gap between where we are and where we want to be, right? To make us buy stuff that we don't need. So um, the truth, though, is that oftentimes we are about to hit gold in life. We're about to hit the gold. And then, you know, we com- we, what happens? We start to compare ourselves to other people. And right, I know, um, you know, the great Rachel Hollis, she always says comparison is the end of joy. Well, it's so true because as long as you're just focusing on how can I become better than I was yesterday, right? Isn't that all that matters? But just mm-hmm. to kind of get back to my point, we have this kind of pedestal that we put the success and the money, the ideal life partner, right? That sexy six pack beach bod that we've always wanted, right? And so we put that on this pedestal and we say, okay, so how can I get this goal so that I can feel good enough, right? How can I get this thing that's outside of myself, that's in the future, that's in some space in the future, which actually doesn't technically exist because the future is just a mental construct. Same thing with Mm -hmm. the past, okay? So it's interesting because when you can elevate your soul, if you will, Uh, your energy, if you're not religious, right? You will connect to yourself on a deeper level. Okay. And so when your connection to yourself rises, all of a sudden, this connection to yourself becomes higher than those things that you once looked at, like, okay, I'll be happy when I get that. You notice how when people go, you see millionaires, billionaires go to Buddhist monks to find spiritual fulfillment and happiness, right? But you never see Buddhist monks go to millionaires and billionaires on how to be happy, right? So, so when you connect, because I see so many of my clients go through this kind of pattern of, oh, you know, I got to succeed, succeed, succeed. Like myself, I had to succeed, succeed, succeed in music to get the love of this woman who was actually my adoptive uh, or my birth mother, who uh, my father passed away in a car accident. My birth mother, she created a divine plan, right? Before, as a kid, I used to think, oh, I was giving up, right? I was giving up, 
right? Nobody wants me. But that was the that was the traumatic interpretations that were the cause of what my depression, my anxiety. So what was I trying to do? I was trying to achieve, 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 play this kind of personality that I created as a kid to gain the love and approval of somebody who I thought had just abandoned me, right? And this is a lot of the things, the deeper things that a lot of my clients are afraid to look at. But once you look at it, you realize, you know what? I'm not that kid anymore. I'm not that. I can choose to not have that lens. I can choose to see that I'm not the old story, right? Yeah. I can write my new story. I can write my new story. I can decide how do I want to feel when I've got the things that I want to get. Mm-hmm. Ironically, the universe has given you all of the emotions and thoughts that you would feel if you were to buy the Ferrari, if you were to get that promotion, if you were to get that loving relationship, if you were to have that six-pack app. What would that give you? It would give you abundance. That's the feeling. It would give you calmness, freedom, love, security, right? So when you buy something, you're buying the emotion. So how, that's what I help my clients with is how do I, how do I help them to leverage that on a, in a consistent way? And then all of a sudden, everything starts to zoom out and you start to look at life through the eyes of the universe. And when you look through the eyes of the universe, you start to see that actually, you know what? You've been supported this whole time. It's just that you, st- you, you were still believing that you are the story. But mm-hmm. you have not ex- you've existed through many stories. You've existed through many belief systems. You've existed through many relationships, through many jobs. Your skin cells are regenerating every three months. So you know you're not your story. <laughs> right. So, it's in right? the past. Right. Yeah, that, so that's your ego. That's your ego so trying he, to make you Yeah. We're like, huh, huh. I know, I know, I know. Think huh. gonna save everybody a lot of money. <laughs> Right. Oh my God. You don't need to buy the stuff to fill the things. Well, yeah. when you say I need this thing so badly, when I need this money so badly, what you're doing vibrationally is you're telling the universe, I lack this thing. That's same right. thing with, or I same need thing that with person, the right? Or the person. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. why when you connect to yourself, you become a magnet for those things, ironically. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to Kyle Cease talk about this, that this morning with um, Ed Milet and I'm sitting there and I, cause I listened to him a lot and I'm like, God, yes, that is exactly why do we do that? And we go back to the stories, back to the stories. So I, I, I love the space that he's in. And one of the things that is just striking me so much, Theo, and what you're describing is I think we can relate to you in some way is you talked about some trauma that you've had from childhood with your um, looking at your situation and your, you know, the, the attention that you were seeking or whatever it is. So we've, people have had trauma in their lives and, you know, Jean Marie and I a little while back did an episode on forgiveness. And I think you're going to take it to a different level here. um, Which is my question for you is how does trauma impact our lives as it relates to relationships and, and how do we heal? How do we heal from that to be able to do exactly what you're describing to not get stuck in going back to these crazy stories that we have in our lives? Yes. Okay. So, and I wanted to say Kyle Cease is, is a huge, huge, um, 
you know, influence in my life as well. A lot of the things that I integrate into my practice, into our business is very in alignment with his belief system of, you know, letting go of the old patterns, right? Using that tool of listening to silence as the ultimate counterintuitive tool. And he uses the same analogy. He uses the same analogy about how if you just actually connect with yourself and you see that you've got it wrong because the things, the people, the things that the people who get the things that everyone says, I'll be happy when I get the thing. Those people seek guidance from the people who are in the monasteries and the Buddhist monks. Okay. It's the same concept. So here's the thing. All of these things that we're talking about right now, this is universal, right? So nobody's recreating the wheel. We all just have our own unique expression of the truth, which is what? which is that you're an infinite soul having a temporary experience. You are a world changer. You're worth trillions of dollars. And there's maybe some stories in your past that are preventing you from taking that belief in, right? So when it comes to trauma, you know, I like to go a little bit deeper um, because I think that, you know, meditation is fantastic. But if you dive deeper into you know, it's great to have esoteric concepts in your life. And I think that's been such a fulfilling aspect of people's lives just in general, just to have some kind of unadulterated faith that, you know, the universe has your back, quoting Gabby Bernstein, right? (laughs) And so, but it's so true though. So, but I like to get into the science of why this is true. Why is this true? The stuff that I do with my client, it's not magic, right? It's science. So behind every magic trick is a psychological thing, right? So it's, it's about peeling away the patterns, but, but how do we peel away the patterns? How do we just go, how do we go beyond just being aware of the patterns, which is what a lot of people teach? Of course, you want to be aware of what are my patterns so I can at least take extreme ownership of that, right? But how do you go a step further to actually get the results you want? Well, trauma forgiveness. Here's the thing. So when we talk about, let's talk about forgiveness first. So forgiveness has to do with guilt. Now check this out. So if you can't forgive someone and you can't forgive yourself, you have to have both. Because if you just forgive the other person, but you still hold on to that anger or that guilt of leaving a relationship, for example, right? you still haven't fully forgiven it. So what I always help people to see is that it's actually less important about forgiving the other person than it is to forgive yourself for holding on to that feeling. Because let's be honest, sexual abuse, right? Like we don't have, we're not obligated to forgive that person, right? But we are obligated to let go of our own hate and our own uh, guilt, because hate is not the opposite of love. Indifference is the opposite of love, right? So that is when you let, that's when you drop your own mic and you say, you know what, I am, and then follow that with whatever you choose to be, right? So when it comes to trauma, right, this is a lot of the things that we have to make, pe- that I help my clients to understand in the sessions is we we go back to these root, I have this proven system of getting to the root cause events where you didn't feel loved or 
you like what's the root cause as to why you keep attracting this type of person what's the root cause as to why you can't create abundance in your life right those are the two core ones that people come to me with but actually ironically one solves the other's problem so when you when you solve the relationship blocks you have around self-love and, and and taking that in right and attracting it manifesting it what happens is you create abundance easily easily everything just starts to flow into your life and that's the that's the that's the key that's the key because connection is what we all need we all need each other men need women women need men right we oh, want I know what i do uh-huh. <laughs> that, we agree, Theo. We agree. <laughs> yeah, to get that connection, you must have authenticity. You must have authenticity. You must have vulnerability. Right? And this is what we're trained as we were trained. A lot of us were trained to not do because of a generation that was afraid due to also their own programs, their own societal conditions, their own generational scarcity mindset that actually helped them to survive through things like the great depression. So beliefs that once served them are the exact things that we need to let go because we naturally want to rise, right? We, we naturally want to elevate and expand and be, be abundant, be full of love. Excuse me if I swear, I apologize, but we just have these things that we need to let go of. That's, that's actually more important, right? This trauma is more dissolving. This hidden trauma is more important than learning new things. Dissolving the hidden trauma is more important than learning new things. Yeah, it's like the, it's like it's like the classic entrepreneur who thinks they have to be busy all the time, doing, 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 but he doesn't really break through, does he? No. Whereas the the the, the discerning, you know, the one who gets invests in themselves, they get coaches, they get mentors, right? They get people that can understand where they are in the situation, apply their mastery and their expertise to this this client's personal um, situation, right? They get transformational, rapid results because they're doing the right things and they're not doing the right things as well. They're they're also knowing what not to do, what and how to do the right things. So it's less about what to do, but it's more about how to do that thing, Mm -hmm. right? Same thing. Like if you're having a conversation, I could say the same thing twice, but I could say it in a completely different way. And you would have a completely different interpretation of that based on my tone of voice. Think about how many relationships you that have been blown up because of text message. Oh, yep. yeah. That's why I send videos all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but trauma, right? Trauma is, is that those are the stories that you're holding on to which is forcing you to be obligated to say, this is who I am because this is ha- this happened to me. I came from this background. I had these parents. I had this bullying in, uh, in school because, and, and I'm still living through that, these lenses, right, of like this video game that I think I'm the video game. But someone like me comes along, I'm like, no way, you can just take off the video game and see reality. But people want so hard to hold on to the video game because the mind loves what's familiar. Wow. And it runs away from what's not familiar. You have a voice and a message, but it can be hard to raise your voice above the noise. So how do you reach your audience and inspire them to take action? How do you increase your influence, grow your network and drive engagement? Podcasting is a powerful way to build a connection with your audience and turn that crowd into a community. But where do you start? 
Rockwood Audio works with entrepreneurs and businesses to design and craft high-quality, smart content that fits your brand like a glove. Rockwood's podcast launch package includes one-to-one coaching and development, strategic and technical support, audio and visual branding, broadcast quality editing and production, and even distribution and setup. They'll get you from idea to iTunes in half the time with a great sounding show that your audience will love. They even wrote the theme music for this show. And Rockwood's subscription editing, production and publishing services takes away the hassle so you can focus on what's important. For a free consultation, go to rockwoodaudio.com. That's R-O-K-K-Wood.com. Rockwood Audio. Brand out loud. The world is listening. Okay, so let's get to the juicy stuff here, right? So in regards to like your partner, I love what you're saying because... You know, here I am. Um, I, there's a story I could tell myself, and I have I have a choice to say. All right, I have eight daughters. I've gained 526 pounds total with all of my kids. I'm in my 50s. I'm not, you know, wealthy. I'm, you know, I. What what kind of guy is gonna desire is gonna desire me? And instead of telling myself that story, living in abundance and that mindset, mm-hmm. I, you know, just is like, you know what? I'm going to rock what I got as far as my body goes. My kids are freaking awesome. That any guy would be blessed to have them as a part of their family. And, and through that, I know that that made a big difference going through the trauma that I went through and losing my husband and forgiving myself for, you know, my relationship mess ups during our, during our relationship and not bringing that in and not thinking to myself, I'm not worthy of that. Healing from that moving on helped me to attract an amazing man. What, what would you say to our guests out there? What, what advice would you give to them for them to attract their life partner? Because I know everybody's going to want to hear this. Like what would be a a breakdown of, all right, ladies, get your pen and paper. Right. Tell us what's up. Wow. Gosh. Amazing question. By the way, you are incredibly gorgeous, pretty Gina Marie. Like that, whoever you're with is absolutely treasured just to have you and to have your energy be inside of their life. Like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, girl. Yes. So, there like, is energy. Okay. So, days. To answer this question in my, in the best way, we have to understand what is the context of this question? So me, in other words, who are we talking about? Are we talking about women or are we talking about men? Mm. So we're talking about, let's, we'll say women attracting that man. Ah, okay. Fantastic question. Okay. So women attracting that man. Okay. I'll answer this question in two parts to make this make a lot of sense. So women and feminine, we talk, let's talk about masculine and feminine energy, because I think that will help people to understand the uh, deeper 
elements, the, the unseen six dimensional elements of what creates fulfilling relationships. Okay. Uh, but before I talk about that, I'd love to talk about uh, the three paradigms that a lot of women find themselves, but it's all usually, it sometimes can be unconscious, right? As adults. So the first paradigm is, oh, I'm, so, I'm you know, I'm the victim and, and no one will love me and for me. And I, now I have to be a people pleaser. And, and, and I was like that too. So, you know, I'm not casting stones here, but it's like, you know, oh, it's like the damsel in distress, right? And this is what we call wounded feminine energy. Wounded feminine energy is like, I am the damsel in distress and I need someone to come save me, right? Someone to come save me and I need to someone to whisk me away, right? That's, that's the lowest paradigm. Then before that or above that is the paradigm of the achiever, right? So the achiever is someone who's actually the stage that I help a lot of women to get, most of my clients are women actually, is I help them to get into this independence zone where they come into their empowered feminine energy. They start to learn how to do that through certain exercises, through certain um, modalities, right? And so it's a lot about letting go of these kind of misinterpretations of your childhood uh, relationships because um, the reason why women by women have all of these kinds of blocks around receiving is because they have these rules that they made up as a child of watching, of observing mom and dad. How does mom and dad interact? How do they interact with the, each other? How do they interact with the world? And how do they treat me as a child? A step beyond that is what was the dynamic in the family that I played? What was I the rebel? I was the rebel. I don't know if you could tell, but I, I used to be. <laughs> right? But as kids, as kids, we choose a role unconsciously because of tribal times when we needed to be a part of the tribe to fit in, to survive. So we need, we, un, as kids, we say, well, you know, my older sister, she's the overachiever. My younger sister is the princess. My, li- my little brother is the prince. So I might as well be the rebel. So we unconsciously choose these roles and then we relive them. Because quantum physics says that the past is collapsing onto the now. So we're just reliving these patterns unconsciously, right? But we don't know it. We don't know where they're coming from because it's all subconscious, right? So we just know what the results are. We know the suffering that we go through. That's what we know. And so the the, the good news, however, is that the future is collapsing onto the now as well. So all of your end results, your ideal situation with being in your perfect uh, relationship with the man is actually has always been available to you. And this is not meant to discourage women. This is meant to inspire them to say, you know what? You're enough. Amen. You always have been. Preach. And you always will be <laughs> enough right now. But let's not stop there. Let's not use that as an scapegoat to not take extreme ownership of where we are now. Let's realize that we must become a new person to deserve the result that we want. We must become the person that is, can manifest and can actually hold that. That is exactly why when people win the lottery, they go broke. It's not because they're stupid. It's just because their unconscious mind is not familiar with having that much wealth in their life. 
So they say, push it away, push it away, push it away. So oftentimes these men will actually, these men who are amazing for these women, these women, they have kind of like this kind of tunnel vision and they blind, they, they block them out because <laughs> they can't receive it. So feminine energy is all about receiving. The empowered feminine has no apologies about just receiving to receive and not needing to feel like I must give something in return. Okay, so we have the 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 three paradigms. The 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 lowest is the wounded feminine or victim paradigm. Like I'm a helpless case and and um you know you you have to be careful uh with with this term because this is not saying these women aren't okay I I want to make it very clear that n- nobody in this paradigm is broken. That's why I try very hard to stay away from the word healed because it implies that you're damaged goods. It implies that you'll never get out of where you are now, but that's not true. And studies show that if you're in deep depression, which obviously every human on planet earth has been depressed. So if you're depressed out there, you're kind of foolish to think that you're the only one who's ever been depressed. Right. And that actually, that helped me when I was very depressed because, you know, in the, in a way when you think about suicide, on a, on a Eastern, the way that the Eastern uh, culture understands uh, suicide, they, they actually call it foolish because it, because it is quite foolish because you have a gift to give. So you're robbing the world of the gift of you, right? Isn't that a, it's a kind of a, it's a counterintuitive way of looking at it, but it's true, right? So just getting back to my point, when you are uh, sometimes in the DSM, they call it uh, narcissism. But there's actually this thing called covert narcissism, where you're using victimhood as a covert way to get attention. And that's actually, that's unhealthy, right? So there's, there's degrees, there's degrees to this spectrum. You see that there's, because sometimes the trauma can be so great that the, the covert narcissism is actually a uh, chemical imbalance in the brain. Wow. So a lot of these people, they, they need, they need like um, some deeper treatment, right? To help them get out of, I mean, I've I've had I've helped women who are like that this, but it's such it's a much slower process because there's just so much that they get triggered from. Like even myself, like as this, you know, therapist and coach, like even I can trigger them because it's just they have so many pain points from their childhood, right? But let's go to the next paradigm, which is the achiever, which is. I don't need a man, right? Like men chase, you know, men can chase me, but you know, I don't, I don't need a man to be happy. Right. And that's beautiful. That's, that's, that means you've reached your independence. Right. Because I, you know, I could have a man, but I I couldn't. And, and women ask me all the time, they say, you know, I want to, I want this man to, I want this man to be a part of my life, but I I also want to give him the gift of missing me. Because of course, this is what I teach them. I say, listen, the time you spend away from your man is just as important as you spend with him, right? Because it's like if you give someone cake and you keep giving them cake again and again and again, eventually they're going to say, get, get away from me. You're not, you're, because you're, 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 you're tipping the emotional bank Smother. of the him. Smother. I, yeah, you know, I, exactly. that's, that's the one thing that I think is really interesting that I've learned in the relationship that I'm with. Uh, the man that I'm with right now is like when he, when we used to be able to go away and do things before we're all on lockdown, I loved missing him. I loved missing him. And, you know, I trusted him. I wasn't worried about it. And it 
oh, it just, it created that time and space for me to be able to just desire him and appreciate him. And, and, you know, it's very interesting because personally, I think that a well-rounded woman has a great circle of women around her that they interact with and do things with because mm. it, you know, for me, it, it takes that demand off of him for him to be all of everything that I need. Like he doesn't like talking mm. about feelings. So I don't talk to him about feelings. <laughs> I talk to Desiree. Right. Desiree's, you know, if I have to talk about gushy things, I talk, I talk to her about it. It, I don't try to grab everything from him. And, and it, it, what it does is it helps me to create that time and space as well to have, you know, to have that distance. And he said, I'm the first woman that he's been with that has other girlfriends and some men have a hard time dealing with that because they kind of want you know, them to all want all, you know, to depend on them of everything, which I don't think is healthy as well. But um, that is amazing. Yes. Um, wow. You just opened up so much to talk about. I'm so thrilled that you brought that up. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the first, okay. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, like the, the next, you actually, you led me into the final paradigm. There's actually a third one. There's a third paradigm. And, and so one women come up they, and they say, you know, I would, I, I ask them, I say, when I go, when I speak, I say, well, let me ask you a question. If you could have him to yourself all like seven days a week, would you, would you? And, you know, they've been dating for a long time just, just to give you some context. And they said, yes, I would. But I just don't feel like it's, I feel like it's too much. I'm like, but that's preventing you from getting to the top block because we need to be honest with ourselves. Men, again, men need women and women need men. Now, the paradigm at the very top is when a woman knows she can be okay without a man, but it's just so much more fun when he's there seven days a week, right? Just so much more fun. Right? It, it's easier. It's easier when he's there seven days a week. So that's the paradigm that a lot of women miss. And because you're not giving him a chance to be a man around you, you're not giving him a chance to be masculine around you. And so sometimes women get caught in this kind of belief, like I must prove I'm independent in this relationship. But you don't need, once you know you can be okay, you don't have, there's nothing else that you need to prove. Name some things that I could do to help him be, let's dig into that a little bit. Cause I know, I know all the women, including myself are, are saying, Ooh, I want to be all of that. What are the things that I can do to help him like specifically to be masculine around me? Okay. So masculine energy is all about action. It's all about energy that's pushing towards you. Okay, feminine energy is all about internal feelings, receiving, okay, your internal world, okay? So what we do, what I call, I call this just, we, we call this leaning back as a woman is you need to lean back so that, and you basically need to become this kind of magnetic egg that is this, this mesmerizing, mysterious egg 
that draws the masculine towards you because every woman wants to be desired. Every man wants to be admired. So if you want to make your man feel masculine, you must admire him. You must ask him to do things that you need help with that only he can do. You know, you must give him the opportunity to, you must inspire him to do things that you want to have like done, like your, the needs that you want him to do. And you need to have it not coming from a space of making him feel guilty about it. Like, if, for example, like uh, we're going to get a little bit off t- tangent, but uh, when you want to speak your needs to someone and, and, and basically tell them what you feel, it's important to do it with a, not an intention of making them feel guilty. Like they're, they're responsible for how you feel, but just with the intention of trying to make them understand why you feel that way, why, why you feel the, the way that you did based on what they did. You see how you see the slight nuance to that? Give it, give me an example. Pretend like, pretend like you're, you're a woman and you need to do this to a man. Pick a, pick a scenario. Like what, what do you want done? Are you trying to connect with him on a deeper level and speak up for your feelings and be, and be vulnerable with him? Or I want to, well, let's just say I, I'm upset that he doesn't open the car door for me and it makes me feel, it makes me feel uncherished because I see other men doing this. I'm just going to say an example, which would be the furthest from my reality, but (laughs) <laughs> I love that. I love that. So I'll give you two, so I'll give you two things. Okay. The first thing is to tell him like to be vulnerable because here's the thing. Women can't attract men, their ideal partner and keep them in, attracted if they're not willing to open their heart again. If they're not willing to be vulnerable because men want something to soften into. They, the masculine needs something to soften into your, he needs to soften into your vulnerability because that's what they crave. That's, they want to be around a woman who feels good in her body, right? So that's your main goal is just to feel good and feel good about being vulnerable. Like, Hey, sweetie, you know, when you did this, it made, it makes me, it made me feel X, Y, and Z. It made me feel in, in un, insignificant. And the reason why that is, is because, you know, you didn't open a car door and it just, for me, it just felt insignificant. And you can even do something before that is say, listen, I don't want to, I know that you may be thinking that I, this is called labeling. So we calling out the negatives. So it's like, it sounds like this. It sounds like, well, you may feel like I'm being needy or I'm trying to guilt you or trying to, you know, change you in some way. But I just want to be open with you and, and say just up front that, you know, when you did that, it made me feel uh, un- insignificant. And, you know, it, it, I don't think the card door example is a good, good is a good example of that because that's not something that people should get, you know, hurt by. I mean, I don't know if you have. I, in my, I've never seen someone get like emotionally distraught because someone didn't open a car door for them. But if it was something more serious, like that's how you would handle that situation. because. And you're saying why that happened, why you feel that way, right? And so what what you say is like, I don't want to make you feel like you're being judged or uh, I want to change you. I'm trying to guilt you. What that's called is that's actually a, a concept that um, I we teach in um, my negotiation. So I teach business as well. 
And it's ironic because all of the same principles that we learn in relationship building with men, uh, you know, for my my clients, it's the same principles that you use for for business. So in negotiation, you know, and so what you're doing is you're saying you may think that I I'm trying to guilt you. What you're doing is you're calling out the negatives because if you don't call out the negatives, we know that people automatically have these kinds of me- their meaning machines. So people will automatically put their own assumptions onto uh, how they're perceiving you. And so when you call out the negatives, you're preventing them from kind of, quote unquote, using that as some kind of like false moral high ground or ammunition to like judge you about how you feel. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. So now, because I... I, I really love the idea of all of this and I'm just so excited about it. And I want our listener to go away with something really tangible and, and understanding, you know, something that they can use after hearing this. You gave the example of how to say it where you, you come in soft. This is what I'm hearing. You come in soft, you label, you know, uh, you label it. And you tell them how you feel. Can you give us an example of what yes. most people do that they shouldn't be doing? Well, okay. So what most people do is they choose the wrong context. So they choose a time when both people are busy. And so in order to get around this, you want to basically schedule time to say, hey, sweetie, you know, after dinner, can we you know, block out some time to just chat for maybe like 30 minutes, put a time cap on it. Because if you don't put a time cap on it, this person's going to feel like it's doomsday. It's like, we need to talk. Right. And then they're, they just put up their guard. <laughs> the so words that time, people hate hearing. We need to right? talk. <laughs> yeah. Especially we, a guy. Right. They're like, actually, like, I was planning to do something else after dinner. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, Go to the like, dentist. Oh, by the way, my dad, my dad, my mom just yeah. called. You know? It's like, an emergency. <laughs> I gotta go. So, so you know, set um, make 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 this um, you know set this vibe up as a feminine energy. How can you find some activities to do, like just just a short little breath work exercise or some yoga, right, or some dancing, right, some singing, whatever, masturbating, whatever you need to do to feel good, okay, and and just. Get in that good space because you want it to be a safe, comfortable space so that you can get the work done. Okay, so I don't think most women are going to be like all excited. That's got to be hard. That's got to be hard because well, it, they're because I think a lot of women get emotional. Like he did this thing, and I want to talk to him, and we need to talk. Okay, well, I, I okay. gotta feel good. One of one of the things though that I think is. You know, it's great, Theo, about what you're saying is you create a little bit of time to reflect because you're right, Jean-Marie, women are emotional, but coming in hot, let's say when you're in that space of frustration or anger, that's how that's going to show up. So what you're describing, Theo, is when you come to a place of where you've reflected a little bit, now you're kind of off of that immediate emotional reaction, you're now coming in with what you've described is that vulnerability and compassion, because what you're really trying to accomplish is being understood. And when you come in from a place of uh, creating defense, that's not going to be the outcome that you're going to get. If you're, by the way, I, I, 
Yeah, totally. And I 100% agree with you, Theo. Absolutely. That that if you're going to be productive, you can't come in guns a-blazing. You have to use that feminine energy. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's the same concept where, uh, you know, if you want, if you're complaining about your house all the time and then you go move somewhere else, what's going to happen? You're going to get another place to complain about. But if you find something to be grateful for this house, something to be grateful for this person, what is that appreciation changes you? It throws you out of victimhood and it throws you into collaboration. So every relationship is a collaboration. This is work. Love is work, right? Love is unconditional work. And sometimes people aren't willing to pay the price of admission to get uh, to, to hold on to that relationship. It's the same thing. If you pay $20 to get on a roller coaster, you can't go on the roller coaster and complain the whole time. So if you know that there's things about your partner that you can't change, that you're not a fan of, you can't complain on the ride the whole time. That's something that you have to say, I love this person enough that I will make up for their sloppiness. Mm -hmm. I will be okay if they're always five minutes late, right? Because I love them, right? That's something that you're doing for them because that's your connection with that person, right? So uh, our, our goal to be understood as women in the relationship, I'm sorry, in that argument or in that confrontation, whatever, um, our goal should be to understand them first mm. because that's, that's the mindset. How do I understand them first? Because he wants to be heard as well, just as much as you want to be heard. If his goals are spoken for and listened to and you're able to repeat that back to him, is that, okay, so, so what I, it seems like you want X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 right? And, and those are your needs, right? Okay, so would you, and he's like, yep, that makes sense. So when he says, yep, that makes sense, that's your permission to, to lay it on, to lay it on full. And he's going to listen to you. He's not going to tune you out because you took the time to understand him first. There's reciprocity there. And, and yeah. you know, I think that, that right now in this time where it's stay in place and people are all up on each other, they're looking at this price of admission where it's like, wow, this is inflated. Because now you're breathing and you're blinking and, <laughs> and you talk, you know, I think, I think that that's been really hard. I know within, within my relationship, I went through like a really, really hard time where I was focusing so much on, on, on things that I was not grateful for. And, and all mm. of a sudden the price of admission of the toothpaste being you know, lid being off the toothpaste and, and that the sink has to be wiped down and all these stupid, crazy things all of a sudden in my mind became the super expensive. And one of the things that I did was, and it has, it was so awesome for our relationship. I started writing down a hundred things that I loved about him and started meditating on, on that gratitude. I sat down and it was easy for me to do. I started, um, I started doing it and I just kept doing it and just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. And I'm telling you from my heart, from my feminine energy, being grateful for the things that he is and looking at those things where were driving me nuts as that positive it we're just like it's like we've fallen in love all over again it has been amazing yes and what that exercise is doing it's putting you back into the moment so oftentimes people get frustrated with the relationships because there's just so much stimulus out that's like seeking for our attention and 
trying to give us this dopamine, right? That we can sometimes get kind of addicted to that kind of facade of relationships like, oh, everything should always be hunky-dory and rainbows and butterflies. Well, actually, to be honest with you, most relationships is just sitting in a room, in a silent room together, not saying anything and have and being at peace with that, mm-hmm. right? Not, not needing to have these kind of crazy uh, epic experiences all the time. That's what a relationship really is. And some people can't handle that silence. They're too afraid of their own darkness, right? So uh, what, what people do, what we need to do here is we need to... Ha- show you like how how can you maybe see how in the past you've trained the other person to take you for granted how can you look at that as a lesson right how can you look at those exes as a great teacher to you know understand your own behavior and your and so once you see that you start to say wow you know what maybe i got angry at this partner because i had some of these false assumptions about their values when I first met them, right? I think that you should talk about values in the very beginning of the relationship. And if someone can't talk about their, what they want in a relationship or what, what they like in a partner, then that's, they're never going to be a good fit for you. Oftentimes people just say, oh, well, you know, I hope it'll just work out eventually, right? And then six months later, they realize, no, it wasn't that way because they never actually took the time to ask in the beginning phases. There's no alignment. Because we have, these, yeah. yeah, we have these expectations, so I always say, you know, you you didn't get your cr- heart crushed. You just had these kinds of uh, false preconceived assumptions about how you thought, you know, this person was supposed to behave. It's almost like you've decided what, how they should behave bef- bef- first. And then when their behavior is different from that, you get frustrated because your expectations have been destroyed. Your uncommunicated so, expectations because it's in your head, but yeah, you've never yeah. actually said them out loud, right? Yes you're emotional to that person because you're you're making them the source of your acceptance they're, you're making their behavior validate you but that's just because you're so attached to, to their behavior that you're just afraid to lose them because you're trying to control them because you're you're being controlled by the fact that you want to control them wow like because we can't, we can't own people like we can't own people and when we think we own somebody, we that that owns us. It drives us crazy. It makes us very emotional. And I will on, on top of that, I would say that there's there's no momentum that needs to be built to have intimacy, even in a casual sexual partnership. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a myth. We need we think we need to be in, in a relationship with such a long time to be having say, oh, you know, I'm in a I'm in an intimate uh, place. But to be honest with you there's a lot of emotional connection that can come from having, you know, a spiritual partner or an open relationship that people don't really see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it becomes difficult to let go of a of relationship, especially if that momentum from that relationship has been, you know, such a long time of having made that commitment to be with that person a long time ago. We feel sometimes like a failure if we break up with them. What will my friends think? What will my parents think? If I break with them, well, if, if it's, if people change, you have to accept the fact that people do change and people can't, sometimes people can't accept that. What if it's a very difficult, what if you, someone is codependent, like they know they're like, this isn't right. And they've articulated. They're like, I know this isn't right for me. This is, I feel crappy. I, I know I should be doing something else, but one of two things, I can't live without them you know, or how many times you hear something like that, or they can't live without me. If I leave them, 
they're going to they're going to break into a thousand pieces. They're going to jump off a cliff. I can't do that. And so there's this there's this codependence going on. How do you how do you break out of that? Well, that's something deeper because usually what that means is that there's still some kind of emotional things that that person hasn't dealt with. Um, and this usually requires some, not requires, but it's, it's very, I highly recommend professional advice from an outside perspective to show people um, the pool that they've been swimming in mm. because from that, from their paradigm, this is what's always been familiar. And this comes back to healing this kind of childhood trauma where there's a lot of abandonment. There's a lot of attachment trauma. There's a lot of neglect. Okay. So these people, it's not, I don't like to use the word codependent because it sounds very demeaning. Mm. Uh, I, I like to use this kind of like the self-love, uh, Ross Rosenberg calls it self-love deficiency. And it's on the spectrum of like, we have on the one extreme, it's, you know, narcissism. And then the other extreme, it's codependency. And there's an actual phenomenon that happens is that the codependent has their heart closed so much that they become a magnet for the narcissist who wants to feed off of their fear of pleasing other people, of not hurting people, of being afraid of, you know, of avoiding conflict with other people um, and overgiving to prove their value. The narcissist loves that because the codependent will always come back for more. They'll always listen because the codependent is very uh, drawn to the narcissist's assertiveness. Right. So what the narcissist will do is they'll try to cut the codependent off from their, all of their social support, their family, their friends, and sabotage their relationships and then distort the codependent's um, self-image. They'll distort the codependent's relational self-image of, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, Sally, your friend, she was talking crap about you. And, you know, then he tries to cut you off that way. So this is a very dangerous trap that a lot of women can get into without even realizing it. But that's why I love to do what I do because this helps. The, I help them to see what the truth is. I help them to avoid that and never have to experience those paths again. And it's it's just something that it's it's so subtle. So it's not like this thing that happens overnight. It happens over. We call it the poison drip. So it's this slow, slow, slow like false reciprocity. They give you stuff. They give you validation, approval up front, make you feel good about yourself, and then over time they'll keep you in like between a five and a six out of 10. I would love to talk some more about all of this. Uh, this is just amazing. And I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. You've, well, given, so you've given us so much amazing insight that I know all of our listeners are got to be just like, so, Oh up. gosh. I mean, we could, we could sit here for five hours, you know, and, and kind of go deeper, but, um, this is actually a good transition point because, you know, I know that there's a lot of people thinking, gosh, I, there's work to be done. Put it that way. There's work to be done on different things that are coming up for me, things that are, are from my past or things that I'm carrying from relationship into relationship. And particularly, you know, like there's Jean Marie's talking about being in a relationship and the, and the journey that she's been on. But then there's also the single person that's out there, which is an incredible opportunity because it's, you're now in a space of learning where you can do some of this work so that when you are ready and in that space of looking for a partner, you are doing the things that are healthy, like Theo was talking about. So Theo, how would 
how would somebody work with you? How would somebody connect with you to actually take this journey and, and you know what, take action and say, you know what, I admit it. I've got work to do. I don't know how to do this myself, but I'm willing to go to Theo and, and make this happen. Okay. Yes. Um, I just wanted to also just cap off that last point by, um, because I really think it's really important for people to come away with actual actionable yeah. tools to use. If you do feel that you're in this dangerous or potentially dangerous situation with all these, you know, red flags, like you're listening to what I just said and you're like, yep, 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 yep. Right. So the boundary when you're moving forward in a new relationship is you must set a boundary, which is to say, you must say, listen, this is the boundary. I need to go socialize. I need to have, I need to go socialize. I need to be connected with my friends because if they break that boundary and they don't let you do that, you are in for some serious, serious trouble. And, and this, this boundary will protect you from having your self-esteem robbed from you. Okay. Because they don't, because here's the thing, like the narcissist, the, listen, I don't want people to look at narcissists and codependency as like this black and white thing. The, the thing, the thing that makes people suffer a lot in the world is that they look at the world, the black and white. So I want to be really clear that if you can look at the nuance of life and realize that there's nobody's completely evil, nobody's completely good. Okay. The, the universe becomes a much friendlier place. Okay. But just for the sake of this example, the narcissist wants to prevent you from being able to deal with your darker emotions independently. So what they'll do is they'll, they'll bring you up and they'll make you rely on them to make you feel good about yourself. And then when you rise above a seven, eight, nine out of 10, they feel threatened because they think, oh, maybe she could go off and, you know, find someone a better mate. So they'll, they'll guilt you. They'll bring you down. They'll beat you down emotionally. So they want to keep you in that five to six range. But anyways, I could go on and on and talk about that. But I just wanted to give someone, some people, some actionable things. And well, we would love to have you back so you can. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm already uh, thinking. Let's do another one. Let's get that on the schedule. Yeah. And and I think we, we could start to, now people are thinking of questions that they might want to ask you so we can incorporate that into a, the next future oh. episode. Yes, I would, I would be happy to answer those. Um, and so to answer your question, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. I've been very fortunate in this pandemic. I know that that's something that we haven't talked about on this lovely podcast. Um, but I have been fortunate in this pandemic. And, and right now I'm just in a space of like, how can I help people? How can I support people? How can I just give people resources and, and support? Um, but, you know, if you are interested in working with, with me for my, my private clients, um, I take, I take a certain amount of private clients and I do have some space available in my program for relationships and success on your own terms. Um, this is the transformation mastery, uh, VIP program, which is a program that's meant to give you the lifestyle that you want and the relationships that you want within months and not, you know, years. Who doesn't want that? Yeah, this, is why, this is why I do what I do. Because it's these are tested things that I, I have spent years trying to just honing in and helping understand the deeper psychology of men and women. And, and ultimately, like when you get all of that stuff figured out for yourself, everything else in the world begins to mirror that transformation. Yeah. So it's an inverse out approach. But I promise you, this is the fastest approach. This is the fastest approach 
to getting some getting to a destination mm -hmm. that you want that will actually maintain itself and you'll actually be gen authentically fulfilled right instead of chasing some dream that other people think you should achieve because they think well, they know what's best for you other people's but no, opinions you know what's best that's for right you. you are the professional of what's best for you no one knows what's best for you better than you do and i just want to say that because i i want to stand up for people who 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 want to achieve something they just don't know where to go so, but if you are interested in uh, applying um, to set up a, a session with me, I have designed a very uh, special deal with the ladies, uh, Gina Marie and Desiree, where if you, you contact me through my website, so what you can do is you can go to my website and it's just my name. So it's just www.theocummings.com. And there's a button you can click on, which says, um, 45 minute breakthrough session. And if you schedule the session, you mentioned somewhere in there that you found us, my team and, my, and myself through the Gina Marie, or you can say Desiree or the Blissful Fortitude podcast, you will be able to have that acceptance of the application for free. So there's no Aww, charge to you. That's awesome. Okay. That's, that's so, awesome. And I've got a lot of you know, clients, even if they don't sign up, they, they still get a tremendous breakthrough on that call to give them clarity on where oh, they're 100%. at what's it gonna take for them to elevate to a life where they can actually feel super excited to go out and not just feel good about themselves, but feel good about what they have to offer a man, what they have to offer the world at large. And so we create a customized plan for you in your situation. And then we execute it together because yeah. accountability, accountability is one of the most powerful tools of persuading yourself, <laughs> right? To change your life, right? If you have yeah. skin in the game, right? You're more likely to execute on the things that you know you need to do. And just That's like the right. same thing, you know, I always like to say time doesn't heal everything. If you, if you break your leg and you just do nothing, you know, you, that leg will heal crooked. So a lot of this has to do with like, you know, taking care of doing transformational work with the inner child. And this is actually what a, a big aspect of what we do is understanding like how that works. So you can start to really cultivate your confidence, your abundance, your self-love. This is huge. Um, self-love is huge because once you love yourself, a lot, so many more possibilities, so much more creativity comes into you into understanding. Okay. So like, where do I fit in the world? Where do I fit in a relationship? What do I value? What are my beliefs? What do I want in a companion? Right? Because if you can't, if you can, if we can help you to see that and create a, a, a blueprint for that, it's just a matter of time until you actually get those results. Because the brain learns most powerfully through images and the, the, the story that you tell yourself. So if you need, if you want the story you tell yourself and those images to be in a customized plan for you and also have those subconscious blocks removed, that's what actually gives you the the, the actual lifelong skill set of being well, that's able to amazing. That's and that's a gift. So I mean that right there alone, having a breakthrough call. If not, I feel everybody should you know get into this kind of program. Particularly, like you said, it's and it's not a lack of wanting to acknowledge. I think we're just so obsessed with everything you're saying. We are in in a time of COVID, and relationships are more critical than ever. Whether you're in one. 
and you want to ensure that you are thriving, not just surviving, or whether you are seeking one that is right, it's the time to go inward and introspectively to learn about what that best version looks like. And so that you know, one of the, th- one of the things I like to say, you know, to people when I'm, I'm working with clients doing change and change management is sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. And I think we ignore ourselves so much because we're worried about everything else and staying busy. But when you don't do the work, like what you're saying, the trauma and the healing and the digging, then you're just covering it up covering it up. And then it's just going to resurface and resurface and resurface. And then, like you said, those same patterns manifest itself. Yes. You are, you are the source of your, of your abundance, of your expanding. So if you're a feminine energy, right, you, you, you can hold space. If your job as a feminine woman and you're empowered to feminine is to feel good and wait for what you want until it comes to you. Because guess what? If you can maintain that vibration, it will come to you. It will come to you and you'll have this high standard that you're going to actually empower your man to step outside of his feminine wounded or his wounded feminine energy or step outside of his wounded masculine energy, which is narcissistic, like uh, holding things over your head, making you feel guilty, um, forcing you to do things, bullying you, coercing you to do things. That's that's wounded masculine. Wounded feminine is like, oh, she rejected me. She rejected me. She rejected me. Right. So if you can hold that space, like these are my standards because I, lo- I love myself, you can inspire him to come into his mask, uh, empowered masculine. And the best way to do that is inspiration. So if you want to him to do something, you could just say, listen, it would make me so happy if you, you know, the, if the kitchen was clean. But what you really want is the dishes to be washed, don't you, right? But you don't say, oh, you know, the kitchen's so dirty, the dishes need to be get done. No, but if you can change that into inspiring your man to act, he wants to make you happy. Okay. So how can you, you know, how can you focus on what you want in a positive way? What will, what would you love to have done? Does this work with, with kids? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I need, oh I'm, thinking, I'm thinking right now. Well, I, yeah. Because I gotta go work that feminine energy on those, on all that estrogen I have downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, now I have a fun question for you. Are you ready for this? Okay. Yeah. So. If a movie was being made of your life, Theo, oh. who would you choose to play you and why? Like what actor? Uh-huh. Yeah. I would say Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. The reason why? the reason is is because he's got like this aloofness on the outside, but he's got like this searing coal of like intensity oh. on the inside. Intensity. That's so good. So, Which is so, so sexy. You know, he goes after <laughs> what he wants, but he still plays, you know, he still plays by the rules more or less, but he knows how to get what he wants. So he bends the reality of everything around him. Yeah, you are wow. right. That is good. Yeah. I like that. Can, like yes. the departed, right? He uh-huh. plays all these roles where he's this like normal guy but then he he knows how to bend the rules so bend them i like rule benders that's awesome okay so i have a last question for you and this is the blissful 
bonus question. So you get to pick a number from one to five, and then that will determine the question that I ask you. So I have five questions and you get to pick a number. What number do you pick? I pick three. <laughs> okay. My question <laughs> for you is, if you were a rapper, what would your rap name be and why? <laughs> oh, okay. That's a good one. Um, I know I'd have to say Juicy Cream. Oh, Juicy Cream in the house. Juicy Cream. That's how we'll, that's how we'll introduce you. Juicy Cream. Yep. The reason why? Did you want to know why? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know. Well, if it's I kind of similar to movie thing. It's like the cream is like the cream of the crop, but it's not not in like an egotistical, pompous way. But the cream is like that kind of soft thing that you can you can just mold into and flow with and just be harmonized with and just be in the dance with, like just coexist, right? Co-create. Yes. But then the juicy is like that kind of like that kind of just free spirit that, that just, you know, that sexual energy that everybody has that just oh. wants to just go Break out and free. adventure, 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 like live life to the fullest milk life for the most of what it's, what it's for. And this goes for also any of you women who are single. How about you exercise your right to have options? How about you not guilt yourself for having options until the right man does come along and then you can spend more, invest more of your energy into that man. But until you find that man, don't, don't let society trick you into thinking you're some S, S word to exercise your free freedom of right. Because I know if I was a woman, I would probably have you know wanted to be with many, 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 many more men. Think about it. Think if there's any guys on here, think about how many times a man looks at you in sexual ways, how many times that happens for a woman. I don't think men truly understand what, how that, you know, how that makes women perceive men. So if you're a guy out there, just realize like, it's not your job to judge women for their sexual natural behavior, because they're the reason why we exist without women. Like, obviously it's a co-creation, right? Men need women, women need men. But just realize that there's a lot more things at stake for a woman to be in a relationship than a man is. And so women need intimacy to enjoy sex and men need sex to enjoy intimacy. It's a catch 22. But if you can really take that in, you'll really succeed in your relationship because your man needs to understand that this is, this is a biological need of yours. I would come to all of your rap concerts. <laughs> we can talk about that more on the next podcast by the way there's right? so much more. no kidding so oh. much more there's just so much depth here and i have a feeling we're gonna get questions and everything so we will definitely have you back this has been so fulfilling the best part of my day hands down and it's been a long day and so there's a lot of different things to reflect on but i just i feel like i've learned a ton i want to go re-listen to this and then share sure. it and so that that is you know one thing that we would love for all of you um First of all, if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, Bliss Beyond Fear, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on Stitcher, it's on Spotify, all different platforms. Um, rate and review. Let us know what you think of Theo. Let us know if you have a question for him that we could have him answer in the future. How can people reach us, Jean-Marie? You can reach us at hello at blissfulfortitude.com. 
Check out our website at blissfulfortitude.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Blissful Fortitude. You can also call us at one 833 my bliss or one eight three three six nine two five four seven seven, and a shout out to Ben, our podcast manager who is amazing, Rockwood Audio. Thank you so much for everything that you do to make us sound amazing when we're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Until Ooh. next time, may you have faith in your fears. And remember, you are your only limit, so take action today. Thanks for listening to the Bliss Bliss Beyond Beyond Fear Fear podcast. I love it. Yes. Yes.